time for another edition of Jonesing for Football as the 2021 National Football League draft fast approaches. Bill Jones in my home whites. Cody Winstead. I'm in Dallas. Cody is in Philadelphia. See, this is proof that people from Dallas and people from Philly can actually get along and talk some football, right, young Cody? Yeah, I, I live in Philadelphia, been here about five years, and they don't like people from Dallas here in Philly. I will That's just why say I have not been there in a long time. Yeah, yeah. You should probably stay away with your um, Cowboys uh, fandom there. But no. In fact, uh, I got a little Cowboys star on my home white today. That's nice. I've worn a Cowboys star here uh, time to time around the city, and I get a lot of bad looks. I will say that. <laughs> I will. They're always good to point it out to me with a little boo or something along those lines, but it's all in good fun. All right. How about uh, there's some, probably some needs. I know there's some needs for the Philadelphia Eagles as far as the linebacker position, front seven on defense. They got some gray beards on their front four in Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. And of course, the Cowboys are always uh, here in Dallas looking for front seven guys. They got a defense that gave up the most points they've ever given up last year and around the league as we also appeal to the rest of the National Football League. Uh, There's so much emphasis on offense and quarterbacks and receivers at the top of this draft, and uh, the defense is getting left behind a little bit. But uh, in our research, myself, inside the – let me get it here. Show it to me. tangled up. The big green NFL draft scouting notebook where we are in search of five-star players. I am discovering maybe not – that many five-star players, but I am noticing maybe some four-stars and some three-stars who might actually be able to contribute on down the road in this league. Normally, the uh, edge rushers, the guys that get to the quarterback, they've been at the top of the draft, you know, in the top 10, um, disrupting everything. Everyone loves to have one of those guys. Not many of those guys this year, um, at least especially at the top, I wanted to know from you, Bill Jones, which guys um, really jump out to you? Well, uh, you're right. There's not a Chase Young in this draft. There's not a Bosa brother in this draft. But I think what's really intriguing is that, there, in my opinion, there are a bunch of linebackers who, you know, some some would be top half of the first round type guys. There's there's a hand, There's not a handful, but there's two or three there. And then uh, I think there's a bunch that will go in the top 100 who are going to be really good linebackers in this league. So let's start with the linebackers. And uh, obviously Micah Parsons out of Penn State is a guy that uh, just jumps off the tape when you look at him. And he jumped out of the gym uh, at his uh, pro day, or at least he ran out of the gym with a 4-3-6 uh, and a 159-10 yard split at his pro day and a sub-7 uh, cone drill, which is what you expect out of a guy like that. Uh, but Parsons, of course, he opted out, did not play in 2020 for Penn State, but was an All-American consensus the year before with 109 tackles, 14 for loss and five sacks. Uh, there are some question marks as well for Micah Parsons, but he's the guy that a lot of people consider to be the top guy in this draft of defensively. Uh, however, I think Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame is another linebacker who uh, is a one of those hybrid guys who's come from sa- the safety position in high school to become a quality linebacker in, in college. And you see him out in space a lot, even covering the nickel. Uh, 
and another guy that I like, and we can get further into him, is the guy from Tulsa. Now, uh, Owusu Koromoa won the Butkus Award. He won the Butkus Trophy for Notre Dame last year. Every other defensive award was won by this guy from Tulsa, Zaven Collins, 6'5", 259 pounds, and he won the Bednarik Award. He won the Lombardi. He won the Nagurski. Just give all the hardware to the guy from Hominy, Oklahoma, who is the valedictorian of his class, a class of 47 kids in Hominy, Oklahoma, and then excelled at Tulsa. Well, that's a good combination, right? He gets all the hardware on the on the field, and he also wins valedictorian uh, in high school. <laughs> Those are that's some good stuff right there. I was doing some reading on Collins, and I'm sure you probably read similar articles, Bill Jones. His extensive gymnastics career growing up. That's he right. Our gymnast uh, growing <laughs> up. And it just shows uh, like his athleticism kind of off the charts. Uh, NFL Network uh, had his pro day at Tulsa and everyone was so high on him. His combination of size and speed. Uh, it was fun to watch. I, I'm let me let me ask you about Zavin. Would you look at him? Because what's interesting on this is, you know, you see all the mock drafts and you go back to the quarterback position, okay? Until San Francisco made the trade and word uh, not, didn't leak out, it rushed out that Mac Jones might be San Francisco's pick. In the mock draft community, Mac Jones was not considered even to be a top 10 pick. And now all of a sudden he's in the mix at number three. We'll take it to the linebacker, Zayvon Collins. He's won all these awards. You look at him, he just... Uh, his measurables are, ter are terrific. Uh, you know, he's got the length. I, I wonder if maybe he might even be able, and he, and he showed it a little bit on tape, the ability to, to bend and maybe be an edge rusher in this league, uh, a creative defensive coordinator. Even if you have a starting linebacking, a veteran starting linebacking crew right now, you're going to find ways to use him uh, in so many ways, even in his rookie season. Could he be in the mix for a team like the Cowboys as high as number 10 in this draft, young Cody? It seems possible. Uh, like uh, the questions you ask are the ones that NFL teams have to be asking themselves. Can he, if he can rush the passer, well, that changes um, everything about him. He goes from a, probably a 20s pick in the 20s to could be a pick in the teens, you know, or even down near the top 10 where the Cowboys are. What do you think? I mean, you give me your tape because no one's higher on him than you. Well, the, the question I would have, uh, okay, there's a level, level of competition, okay, and does he have the as – as a run defender, as a linebacker, does he have the strength to take on offensive linemen, shed blocks, and get to the ball carrier? I think there can be a question about that. There's just – the, the thing that intrigues me the most about him is that length that he has, you know, being six, four and seven eighths. And I mean, think about Randy Gregory, Randy Gregory is a guy, you know, he came in, I don't know what he, he weighs now, but basically around 245 pounds, about the same height as Zayvon Collins. When I see Collins be able to lower his shoulder, bend and get around a left tackle and get to the quarterback, that's what makes me think, Okay, he can do all this other stuff as a linebacker. He's got playmaking ability as a pass defender. Uh, he's, he, he's smart. 
He uh, appears to be able to read and react and get around offensive linemen to make tackles sideline to sideline. But if you add that element where he could develop into an edge rusher in this league, uh, that's I got no problem at all taking him at number 10. The problem, from a measurable standpoint, a lot of times what you look for in an edge rusher, you want to see that cone drill. You want to be able to see, does he can he go a sub seven on a cone drill? And he did, by choice, he did not do the cone drill at his uh, pro day at Tulsa. And so that's what's frustrating me about him right now. So his versatility will definitely be the key. I, I, I think when you compare him to uh, the other linebackers, you mentioned Parsons and uh, Awusu Karamoa, um, he seems to be in that group. I don't know how I would stack those guys, but that's what we're saying is if Collins can be an edge rusher, then he kind of jumps ahead of the group, one would think, if he has that ability. I know you sent me a message that said the Cowboys were looking at him potentially at 10. Bill Belichick and the Patriots um, really liked Collins as well. So there's your versatility. You know, if, if Bill Belichick likes you, you can probably play multiple positions and he's got a vision for you. So that seems like uh, Collins' future right there would be yeah. uh, pretty bright in the league. Yeah, and Dan Quinn, the new defensive coordinator in Dallas, even if you've got Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, there's a lot of Leighton Vander Esch qualities about Zayvon Collins as far as, you know, that Brian Urlacher-type linebacker. Uh, I, I hesitate to throw that around because I think that all of the players are different in their own way. And even when you look at this linebacker class, those top three linebackers that I mentioned, they're all different. And, and different teams are going to have – different opinions about him because of how they might be utilized. Uh, Parsons is a more traditional linebacker, I think, with elite athleticism. Uh, you know, he's, it, it, we should mention he has had a couple of off-the-field things that he's been linked to, um, and including a hazing incident uh, and something in high school. But uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, you, you listen to him talk, and you're like, okay, this guy – you want him on your football team in, in every way. He's different than the other guys in that. I mean, there's sometimes I'd be looking at the tape going, okay, where's he lining up? Well, he's out in space with a slot that is that is lined up way to the to the perimeter, uh, and he's able to ha handle it. Uh, you talk about some, some of the hardest hits that I've seen from players, uh, defensive players uh, on film this year leading up to this draft. Owusu Koromoa has delivered some of them. I would not have a problem with any team taking him as high as number 10 in the draft. Yeah. Let me give you my sleeper, Bill Jones, if you don't mind. Okay. I got a sleeper linebacker, and he's from your neck of the woods. His name is Garrett Wallow, linebacker at TCU. I'm not sure how much studying you've done on him, but I've seen him projected in the fourth or fifth round. He measured 6'1". 220. He ran a 46540 yard dash. His um shuttle time and three cone were pretty impressive. 412 in the uh shuttle and a 687 three cone. His vert was 32 and his broad was 102. So overall a pretty um solid athlete and I think he should be higher than a fourth or fifth round pick. Something I liked about his workout Kind of like you mentioned in some of those top uh, top tier linebackers, they they have flexibility. They're former safeties. So Garrett Wallow did linebacker and safety drills at his pro day. 
just to show that he can actually guard and uh, defend or running backs coming out of the out of the backfield, which is a huge part of playing a linebacker. Bill, we were talking about this before we started rolling. It's almost unfair what linebackers are being asked to do these days. They've got to take on 300 pound linemen in the run game. And then they also have to guard Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara in the pass game. There aren't many human beings on this planet who have the physical skills to be able to do both. Um, I think Wallow could be one of those guys. Um, and Bill Jones, I've got a win stat. It involves Garrett Wallow. He has had 13 double-digit tackle games in his last 22, so the last two seasons. This guy led the conference, led your Big 12 in tackles the last two years, and he was first-team all-conference. Uh, when I, You're watching him on YouTube or you're watching film, whatever you're watching. Dude's a missile. He said he's always well-prepared, and he thanks Gary Patterson for that for always knowing um, what's coming from the offense. And so I like Wallow as instead of a day three, which it seems like he's being projected as right now to be kind of a day two guy, really no, um, really no huge concerns on my eye. Size, speed, durability. Those are like the normal red flags. Wallow didn't have any of those. He, he kind of fits the bill as kind of one of those hybrid linebackers who can do it all. So uh, I really like Garrett Wallow as a as a sleeper, or someone to keep your eye on if your team's looking for a linebacker in day two. I agree, and I think uh, I, I think in a normal year when you didn't have so many linebackers, he he would be a third rounder for sure. Even though I'm seeing as you have the projections of fifth or sixth round, uh, and I also think that that uh, that teams value the linebacker position more because of what you're talking about those hybrid guys, and they're in. You know, they're in nickel and dime, you know, 70 to 75 percent of the time. So you would consider a linebacker like him who's going to start off probably in sub packages. Uh, you consider him to be one of your starters there. Yeah, more than 11 starters on defense now. And if he can come in and make the transition and it appears he can from a from an intelligent standpoint, well coached by Gary Patterson at TCU. Uh, I, 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 would, I, I can see him going in the third round for sure. Some other linebackers of note, Nick Bolton, uh, Missouri. I mean, this guy is a tackling machine at Missouri. Uh, he's another local product from here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Frisco Lone Star High School, which is right in the Cowboys' uh, backyard. And he's a guy that's uh, projected by some to be early second-round uh, pick. The guy that's getting all the, the love right now from Kentucky, Jamin Davis. Have you checked him out at all? I mean, he's got – you talk about athleticism, a 42 vert, 11 broad, and a 153 10-yard split. Jamin Davis uh, – and then Baron Browning from, from Ohio State is another guy that I got my eye on as maybe a third-round guy. Yeah, Jamin Davis, um, he wasn't on – I I mean, I, I look at a handful of mock drafts, a handful of prospect ratings and all that online – and all of a sudden, he was up at like top 20 or top 30 in Daniel Jeremiah's list uh, after his pro day. And so um, I'll be interested to see how high he goes, because like you mentioned, he is the fastest riser on basically any board right now. All right, let's uh, switch to up front and uh, edge rushers. Uh, you know, there's there there aren't many edge rushers, as we talked about off the top, that intrigued me as a top half of the first round type guy, but maybe there's one for you. 
Yeah. The guy that I liked when I was doing some reading, the guy that stood out was Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami, an absolute incredible story. Um, we'll start at this pro day where he absolutely blew away the NFL personnel. Measurable 6'5", 260. So this guy's a monster right there. He ran a 4'5", 40-yard dash. He also jumped 36 vert in a 10'5", broad jump. I went back and looked it up. His 40 and his vert would have been tops among defensive linemen last year. So elite athleticism. Um, this year at Miami, tied for second in the ACC in sacks and tackles for loss. He did that at his only season at the U after he transferred from UCLA. Um, I was watching some of his films. I was really impressed with his effort. He's running down the field, making tackles 20, 25 yards down the field. And he's sacking quarterbacks and disrupting stuff in the back in the backfield as well. So his effort was a, uh, a really, really caught my eye. And now to the thing that makes his story really interesting, Bill Jones, and I know you know a little bit about this. He was at UCLA for two years and he gave up football. He, he basically said he can't, he, he doesn't want to play, he retired because of concussions. So he had a couple concussions at UCLA. He actually had a freak moped injury. And so the combination of injuries, um, he decided to retire. And uh, so he enrolled at Los Angeles Community College to study music production, music, one of his passions. And he also worked at his dad's law office. And so he did that for a little bit. And he said he lost a bunch of weight. And people like started, like he was like, he didn't even know who he was. He just is a completely different person. And he realized then he missed football. So he recommitted to football. He transferred from UCLA to Miami and all just of a sudden, down the road, just down the road. Exactly. <laughs> he decided to get away fresh start. I don't blame the guy. And I've got a soundbite. Here's a little bit of Phillips uh, on his journey. Everybody's path to success isn't linear at all. Like there's there's ups and downs, and I think all of that really just like gave me a better uh, like look at everything. Like it made me have like I said this chip on my shoulder. It gave me a deeper appreciation of what the game is and like what it brings to me. Uh, and so for me, like I never lost my passion with football. Uh, I just needed a little a little kick in the butt. So let me ask you this: How many? Defensive coaches in this league have scratched him off as a first-round possibility because of that story you just told about him. Not just the concussion part of it. There's a lot of medical people who will say, I'm not so sure because of the medical aspect of it, but the fact that he has all these other interests and how much does he love football, how much will coaches and scouts in this league scratch him off? Well, we can't, we can't spend first-round money on this guy because we don't know whether he's going to be here tomorrow. I don't think very many, truthfully, because, and here, here's why I say that. Listen to the dude, go listen to the dude, go talk to the guy. I guarantee he will win you over right there. And when you watch his tape, you'll realize that this dude can also play. Um, just quickly, let me recap. So in five years, he went from a top high school recruit to playing at UCLA, to giving up football, to studying music, to transferring to Miami, dominating the ACC, and now he's going to be a top 15 pick. 
that he's done more in his last five years than I have in my five years. I think it's a great story, and I think he's going to be a, a good player in the league. Well, and the other part of that is when you look at all of the edge rusher types, maybe I, I'm not going to put linebackers necessarily into it, but I think that he is more ready to play right now in the NFL than virtually every other defensive player that we're going to look at here. And so even if he's got the concussion issues, even if he doesn't have a 10-year career, you're drafting him in the first round for the next five years. And then we see what happens after that. And you're, you want production from him from the get-go, and I think he's going to give it to you uh, from the very start of his career. Yep. It seems like the kid's maturity is, is just off the charts. And so when you're getting a new guy worried about the transition from college into the league, Nothing you're going to ask this guy to do is going to be more difficult than what he's already overcome, stuff that he's already experienced, and stuff that uh, he's fought through. And so um, I really love Jalen uh, Phillips. I can't wait to hear his name called in the first round. And, and I wrote this down, Bill Jones. He was a Chargers fan growing up, and he models his game off of Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa. So maybe there's a team, the Chargers, have the number 13 pick. Maybe that could be. Oh, there you go. Right there. We've already got him ticketed, and that would be perfect, and he would be very happy. He might have a 10-year career in this league if he can be near Hollywood, right? That's, that's fair. Yeah, you're right. Uh -huh. that's, that's right. So advantage L.A. teams there. All right. Uh, elsewhere, the defensive tackle position, the guy getting all the love. There's two guys getting all the love. Christian Barmore from Alabama, who uh, if you just go off hit the last half of his last year at Alabama, he's a top five pick. I mean, that guy was a beast. Uh, but there was some inconsistent play uh, prior to that. And another guy out of Washington, Levi Onzerike, who is from Allen High School, Kyler Murray's alma mater right here in the in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas area. Uh, he had, he, I like him a lot. And I know Bucky Brooks has him listed as his number one defensive tackle. So those are two D tackles that are have first round grades from a lot of people. Yep. Well, Barmore, I've seen um, and read and watched him. Um, it looks like kind of like you said, if he had a little bit um, more consistency, he wouldn't be in that mid 20 spot where people have him. I've actually seen him somewhere, you know, like could be even into the second round. But I believe he's young, only a sophomore um, coming out. So uh, you would think um, you'd be drafting a little bit based on potential there. And who knows, maybe he could turn into a guy with like top 10 production once he puts everything together, that he could be a, a real steal. Maybe if someone could get him in the second round. Yeah, and, uh, and he was the defensive MVP of the national championship game. Uh, you know, I'm looking uh, from a Cowboys perspective and Dan Quinn, I'm looking for an inside guy who can be a uh, three technique, even if it's in mid round where you're developing him, he can be a pass rusher to start off his career. Let me throw a couple of names at you. Those types who would be, you know, he got Grady Jarrett in the fifth round out of Clemson when he was at Atlanta, Dan Quinn did. And here's a guy have you heard of Jalen Twyman out of Pitt? Okay. Jalen Twyman, he opted out in 2020, but as an inside rusher, 
wearing Aaron Donald's number 97. Apparently, Aaron Donald is his mentor of sorts. He had 10 and a half sacks and was second team All-American. Uh, he is only 6'1 and a half, 301 pounds. He had 40, count them, 40 bench reps of 225 pounds in his pro day. And you see that on film. The, the other measurables are not there necessarily. Uh, and, I, and apparently he had a left hand uh, injury. And so it, that doesn't show up. He could be one of those, doesn't show up as far as his pro day measurables go. But if you just look at the tape of him and his ability to manhandle offensive linemen with those strong hands that he has and be able to get to the quarterback, Jalen Twyman could be like a third-round guy to keep an eye on out of the University of Pittsburgh. I like that. I'm going to write that guy. I'm going to write Jalen Twyman down. I'm looking at it. Go watch, go watch Jalen Twyman, and I'm going to give you one more out of Louisiana Tech. This is a 6'3", 284-pound. The other thing I like about Twyman is uh, you look at him and he's got the arm length. I mean, he measured at 32 inches. That's a contrast to this guy I'm about to tell you. Milton Williams has shorter arms, but he tested unbelievably well. Milton Williams the second. Louisiana Tech had 10 sacks in his career as an inside rusher uh, over the last two years, 10 sacks. He uh, 34 bench reps, so he's strong. A 38 and a half vertical, a 687 cone drill, and ran a 46340 at 284 pounds. I give you Milton Williams. He's not the second. He is Milton Williams, the third out of La Tech and Crowley High School in Texas. Okay. Uh, what round is he projected in? What, where have you he seen He is him projected. Milton? Let's see, uh, Dane Brugler has him rated as his number four defensive tackle, the 70th overall player. So we're talking third round right there for Milton Williams. Okay. Pro Football like Focus has him as their fifth rated defensive tackle, number 75. So he's not really a sleeper. He is a guy on people's radar, but a lot of people since he played at Louisiana Tech maybe haven't heard of Milton Williams the third. You are about to hear about Milton Williams the third, and you heard it right here on Jonesy for football. Uh, I love and, it. And I, I, if he's not on people's radar, he should be after running a, what was it? Four, six at 280 pounds. That's yes. Okay. Yeah. That gets you on people's radar <laughs> right there. In there 40 you go. Bench reps, is that what you said? 40? No, no, it was 34. 34. It was, uh, it was 40 for Jalen Twyman had for 40 bench reps. All yeah. right. Love it. It's fun. See, I love digging up these guys, and uh, and we're you you dig up enough of them, you're going to hit on some eventually. There you and, go. And, That's and, hey, you, your specialty <laughs> is sleepers, Bill Jones. You have quite you you found quite the gems in your day. So maybe Jalen Twillman is the next one. Twyman, get Twyman. this name right. It's Twyman. Sorry. It's not Twillman. Come on. Sorry about that, brother. All right, what do you want to talk about next time here on Jonesing for Football? Well, we just hit uh, front seven, so now we're going to shift our focus to DBs. Let's talk some defensive backs. There are some guys who could go uh, in the top ten here. A couple that I love, a couple that you love. We'll break them all down on the next edition of Jonesing for Football. Jonesing for Football.